Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 125. I am Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. I'm really excited about another quarter in the books. Woo! We got to our fifth one. Yeah. I mean, although these episode numbers don't really mean all that much. They don't mean anything. But it's uh, still cool to think about. We've done at least 125. Uh, we've done a lot more than that, if you include Stranger Danger Pod, and so on and so forth. But yeah. And... uh Tony Katz is also in studio. Yes, here I am. There we are. We uh, wrapped over the weekend a uh, first edition of the Tony's Take Taste Test. It is uh, yet to be released, but it will be coming at you hopefully sooner rather than later. We just need to do a couple of edits. Yeah, we will see about that. But uh, it was a good time. Make sure you uh, followed along for the behind the scenes on our uh, Tony's.Take Instagram page. And uh, look for that dropping soon. But seeing as this is... Uh, our podcast, what do you guys say we get into it? And seeing as this is the sports pod, what do you say we start with? Ah, how about some Mr. Fundamental? Some Tim Duncan out of the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, one of the classics for you know our generation. He's was just there forever, it seemingly. Just, I, think, I think it was him, him, Duncan. I mean, okay, he is Duncan. Yep. Him. Well, him, Kobe Duncan, and, is his brother. Him, Kobe, and Garnett. I think they all retired in the same year. And it's just like they were just the era, that era. I mean, there were other guys around there, Dirk, who just retired. But Dirk. like, like those were the guys. And yeah. It just he's you the, had your Garnett, your Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. I, I think it's those three that I said before: Garnett and Kobe. Like they were, they were our generation. Yeah, they were our guys when we were I put all of, ten years old. I put Shaq. Yeah, There's I'm not trying to diminish Shaq. David or Robinson. I loved all that stuff. Yeah. But I think you missed it. Uh, I, I liked my joke, at least. You said him, uh, Duncan. I said, that's his brother. <laughs> you got him, it's... him Duncan, and Tim Duncan. He's <laughs> just less famous. He's only like six foot six. He plays uh, softball. Yeah, well, I mean, Tim Duncan wasn't going to play basketball. He was going to swim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I but he's that. he's uh, we've missed him for these last uh, three years, I think it is. Yeah, and he's, he's missed this too. He got into karate for a minute, didn't he? He started right. doing. He was practicing karate at a dojo and shit. I think he's gonna be like professional Dungeon and Dragons player or something. Like he's a big nerd. So and by big, I mean size wise. Giant, yeah. Yeah. So everything he does is big. Yeah. Well, uh, he's he's coming back to the world of basketball. He's gonna be a big coach. Yeah, he's gonna. I I guess teach. I don't know Aldridge. Like he was just teammates with him. They have a young big guy on that team. Well, yeah, you have to go in there and establish your authority. What if he's like, no, I'm teaching point guard drills, ball handling. Yeah. You know, what's funny, too, is I heard something about, like, how they talked about with the Spurs, how when Tim Duncan was there, he was kind of like the sheriff of the locker room, and everything was always good in the moment he left. Then you had kind of those things with, like, Kawhi Leonard. Like, no one really knew kind of what was going on and stuff. So it's kind of funny that, you know, he was it just maybe, you know, he's going to come back there and, you know, just maybe try to put things back in line. But, I mean, I really – I mean, the Western Conference is – a little stacked now. I think you're going to need a, a little more than Tim Duncan on your coaching staff for the Spurs to. Oh, they'll still be there, like they were last year. They're, they're, they're always there. Just they're, unfortunately, yeah. They're like uh, I don't even know what they're like, but they're they are always there. It's just a very well coached team. They're one of those teams that just proves to you that every year, whatever roster they put out, it just shows you how like Popovich is just how uh, how many more man. years do you think he has? A couple. I think he's going to hang I up I saw soon. a clip uh, they showed today to announce like Duncan coming back, I think, on House of Highlights or something. And Popovich looked 81 in that video, and Duncan was still playing. Yeah. Granted, that was only a couple years ago, yeah. but nevertheless. Popovich, like, I mean, he's got to be in his late 70s or something? or Late 60s. He's not he's oh, really? 70 yet. Well, I, I there's believe. always been rumors of him. Is this going to be his last year? Is he going to do another year? And then I think like obviously the passing of his wife. He is only he's seventy years old. Uh, so the and the passing of his wife a couple of years ago, I think, like hit him very hard. Like he had to take some time off, as you would imagine. So I I really don't know. I mean I'm. I, it just goes on to think I, how much longer he wants to go because I wouldn't be surprised if how the NBA is turning to a lot of these super teams if that just because I know he's one of those guys that's kind of vocal about the direction of the league and I wouldn't be surprised if it just gets to the point where he's just kind of like I don't want to coach anymore. Just because, you know, if everybody's just teaming up and making these 
teams with a couple big two, three superstars all playing together that yeah. he, he's, I think, going to get to the point in the next three years, I would say. I would say he's done within the next three to four years. Yeah, the league has changed since he started in 96 with the Spurs. Yeah, it has changed a lot. And those Spurs teams, I mean, being Laker fans, it was uh, I hated those Spurs teams. Oh, yeah. I hated – I talked so much shit on Duncan back then. Just because he always had that, like, blank stare. Yeah. He never really, like, had anything going on up in his brain. <laughs> he, was, yeah, he was an idol of mine. You could just tell. He was uh, – didn't belong out there. Like, personality-wise, he was so different. He did that – the ball thing where he'd hug the ball, like, after he got, like, a foul call. Yeah, and he was – they also showed, like, clips of him, like, walking into, you know, the arena. The way he was dressed, and it would be, like – Jeans that looked a size too big with a shirt that looked like two sizes too big, yeah. and it's which is impressive considering he was like seven foot. Yeah, but it, it's pretty funny. He was just who he was, and it's funny because it's almost like kind of like how the nature of that team is. Because personality wise, how far off was he really from like Kawhi Leonard? You I mean, mean personality? Yeah, it's yeah, that's pretty what I said. Similar. I think they're, they're both yeah, they're both weird. So maybe they're <laughs> weird what, in different that's directions. That's what I'm saying. But it's just kind of funny that they're both on the Spurs. Because when you think of the Spurs, at least what I think of, you just think. This plain team that's fundamental and just wins. I mean, they had some characters over the years. They had Steven Jackson. Okay, uh, well, Rodman was on there for a moment, and that's where Popovich had to like kick him out. <laughs> just too, mm-hmm. too much character for Popovich's life. Yeah, I feel like Boris Diaw had to be very interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, of course, you guy. have like some of those players that are like yeah. bench guys that obviously have some personality. But when you think of like the stars on that team, yeah, like, they're they're top guys. You look at Manu. You look at David Robinson. You Parker. know. Parker, Duncan. Well, Parker had his issues. Yeah, but he got, yeah. he got well, caught. Well, Parker, I think, got his issues, too, because he got kind of involved in the celebrity light by marrying yeah, I think Eva Longoria. Just, that's a French thing. That, too, but I'm just saying, like, when you start dating actual celebrities, it they, it's shown it. It does kind of, I feel like, throw off some players because then you go up into that lifestyle. You're more yeah. in, like, the limelight of things. Maybe you're out a little late at some parties. Was she that on normally Desperate Housewives? Be. Yes. Because there you go. She's also on Dora the Explorer, the movie. How did, are you ready for that? <laughs> That better yeah. not come up. Yeah, in is our, that one of the nine trailers? Yeah, that better no, not come not. up on our trailer. The talk trailer today. for that came out like a couple weeks ago. We Thank saw God. it. Nope. Yeah. It's, it's unsettling because there's the monkey. Yeah, it is unsettling. Yeah, but uh, there are we. That is a preview though, like a little sneak peek. We do have some good trailers yeah, coming look out for our entertainment pod. Some very unsettling well. trailers. It's yeah, a good word. I already have a feeling I know one of them. Yeah. Then by you saying that, ah, uh, real monsters, the movie. No, I, I would be into that. A real life version of it. I think one's a feline. His eyes is one a feline. Yes, it is. Okay, then I already oh, know. Oh, cats. And I am horrified of that also. But uh, well, we'll see Tim Duncan. I mean, at least he's back in the league. It's always nice seeing these players come back. You know, they don't just disappear into the mist to never be seen again. Yeah, it seems like he, was ne- he wasn't going to be on, uh, you know, inside the NBA. Yeah, he's definitely not Kenny a and Shaq, commentator. So. I think it'd be So, a- behind-the-scenes coach is probably good for Tim yeah, Duncan. Yeah, exactly. Although, you could have done, like, the Clark Kellogg role. You know, he, he always, like, shows up in the NCAA or he's just a you know an older tall guy who isn't all that like fiery in any way, but he's like just solid and knows his basketball. I could see that, but yeah, I think this is a better fit. I now, yeah. do you think Kobe ever comes back in any uh, level? I think Kobe. You hear talk about it. I feel like Kobe is like secretly partnering with Elon Musk to build like a <laughs> robot exoskeleton to play basketball in, so Kobe can come back and also and play. F- fight wars or something. Yeah. Oh. I think Kobe, Kobe's beyond. Like Kobe, Kobe will never. Kobe will not be going away anytime soon. He's definitely going to have his like. He already has like the little show, basically on the ESPN Plus or whatever it is. Yeah, it does that of the triangle thing or whatever. What is it even called? Detail. Detail. Yeah, where he kind of breaks things down. Now, did that and, start as a Kobe, then went to Peyton Manning, or is it Peyton Manning to Kobe? I can't remember. They both. They both knows. have done it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we need like a baseball one. We'll have David Ortiz would be perfect at it. You wouldn't be able to understand anything. Well, I go in the left and then. <laughs> See, uh, even out of the hospital yet? <laughs> I, I can make jokes still. He's I alive. Know. I think he is. I think he is. But <laughs> I'm giving you that truly, Andy. The mixed berry? I want the lime. Okay. You offered me the lime. Well, I thought you were pointing to this one. I forgot there was one over there, but I think that was Tony's. We'll yeah, set you up with another yeah, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll get one eventually. I feel bad. I pre reset up. I spilled Andy's beer. It was, a little, it was a team spill. It was a team spill. I, I didn't agree. do anything. I, it was a team spill between Andy and I. We were trying to lift up a quart of beer spilled. And honestly, we've had, you can listen to, you can find a deep, deep podcast where I spilled a beer. Beer spills happen. 98% of the time they're from me, but 
they happen and uh, we recover with more drinks. Well, the funniest part, and I understand where Andy came from. His phone fell too on not carpet anymore, but hardwood floor. So, God damn it, he yelled very loud. And the well, executive <laughs> producer in the other room turned off the office. He's like, "What? What happened?" And like somersaulted over here because he doesn't have his legs. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, it was actually funny because I mean, it's funny now that everything's okay. But Andy's beer went down and his phone, and Andy was clearly more concerned about the phone. It's a nice phone, it's an expensive phone. Uh, but I was concerned about the beer for him. Yeah. I always like my partners here having a decent, maybe a little bit of a buzz going, and that's what I felt more bad for. But Andy was you know, more upset about the phone, so which is a little note, so, a, little a little more note, expensive. A little note about the beer. It was a uh, Best Buy, January twenty first, twenty nineteen. I might have done you a favor. Yeah, that you, was at the back of the fridge, and I'm like, "Wow, I didn't know that was still there. I yeah, might that's as well drink like that." The holiday time, yeah, and you a, still have a little, a couple of sips in there, Andy. Yeah, you know, what, Andy, I like to think them that you would have gotten severely sick tonight if that. Well, I'm still going to finish the last. Bit but like, if you would have finished the whole yeah, thing, the whole it was thing. like, yeah. it was like we need eight ounces in you. All right, but anyway, we're even. Yeah. Were we? Well, there's one more part about that story that was uh, pretty funny. I think you guys missed was. What I originally said is, oh, someone's phone's down there. Someone's phone is there. Oh, yeah. And you're like, well, I have my phone right here. And I'm like, check my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I got if that realization. Yeah, he didn't realize. No, that actually is a good point. Now he's holding on to that with the tightest yeah. grip When he ever. was saying it was, this, uh, it was a phone, I was like, well, I have mine. And then he didn't seem concerned. So I was like, is it not his? But uh, yeah, but everything's okay. Phones these days are strong. People... Every year, I feel like they make these new ones, and they're either like... Actually, I guess I shouldn't say that, because I feel like they'd want I feel like to come back in. They say they're strong, yeah. but they're not any different. They're, honestly, they're like, we want that to break. Yeah. But Andy lives life dangerously. This phone doesn't have a case, which is fine. Yeah, I'm very confident that if I set something down on a table, the table's not going to get pushed over by a chair <laughs> well, that's being... I moved. did warn you guys that it was on top of a box. But at the end yeah. of the day, do we ever listen to Dobby? No, clearly <laughs> And but, thank uh, God that box is okay. It's everybody's, not important stuff. Everybody's just happy that no harm, no foul. And now we get to laugh about it. You know, we're glad Andy's phone's okay because that would have been a bummer for all of us. Uh, Andy doesn't even like phones, but yeah, but he has. He one likes the, this one though. He has one of the nicest ones in the building. Yeah, probably the nicest one in the building. I like Mm-mm. to think. No, no, my phone's better. Okay, well, my I phone's have, clearly the worst. I have which no is idea. Fine. Isn't this newer? I would no, argue this, that I have. Mine just came out uh, September. This is from March. Still, mine's nice. I would argue I have the best background. I my background is the horror villains playing poker. Oh wow! Okay. I would like you guys to show me your backgrounds to see if you mine think you is uh, Corona Del Mar. Yeah, no. I think that's pretty good. That's I took not, that. It's not a bad photo. I took mine that like paint. three phones ago. Andy's background's yeah, shit. Andy looks like George O'Keefe. You know what's horse. funny is his background is Bill Gates until he comes over here, then he changes it because he knows we give him shit. More of a bomber guy. Oh yeah. yeah the company would have been nothing without that business vision. <laughs> Well, should we move on to uh, uh, yeah, we got sports again? Yeah, actual yeah. Sports. More <laughs> miserable talk for uh, the Open and uh, Mr. Duval. I just want to hear that name. Say it's before we get time. into what happened at the Open, I just want to talk about the name, the Open. If you remember, this used to be called the British Open, and now they're complaining in any country, right? So what happened a few weeks ago? I was like, I think it's going to be in Northern Ireland, and then I'm like, wait, yep. that doesn't make any sense. Northern Ireland is not in Great Britain. So it can't be there, but I guess I was fooled. Do we have a reason why they changed that? I think it just sounds more important. It's like the Ohio State University. Yeah. So by saying the, the Open versus like, oh, there's the so, U.S. Open. Yeah, this is the, the main this, Open. No, this is the Open. Yeah. So, so the what we wanted to talk about was a name that 20 years ago, 25 years ago, was a pretty big name, David Duvall. Oh, yeah. He was a good golfer. I always remember as a kid, like the golfers I remember hearing of when I was just a lad. I remember hearing like this. David Duvall, Fred Couples, like oh, yeah. Tiger Woods, Ernie Els. I feel like I love Ernie. VJC. Yeah, my dad actually met him, took a photo with him because my dad actually oh. used to do security for uh, the Nissan Open just as like a he knew somebody, so he would just do it for like a little side thing. He likes golf, and the thing his thing was he would always take a photo with the winner. So That's Ernie awesome. Els won that. I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's not called the Nissan Open anymore, but Ernie Els won it one year, and he had a photo that he's got somewhere of him and with Ernie, but. uh Anyway, he, uh, those are some of the names, but, uh, I hadn't heard of the name David Duvall in a long time until you had texted us and said, wait till you guys take a look at his score. And, uh, that first uh, day score was, uh, kind of like how my scores are at some local <laughs> golf courses that are a lot easier than, uh, 
whatever course they did. And uh, er, uh, David Duvall shot a 91 that first day, which was uh, a plus 20, I think. Plus 20 he shot. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right. And I want to say he ended at plus 27. That's pretty awful. For two rounds. Yeah, for two rounds, obviously. A surprise of that did not make the cut. Oh, okay. Uh, also, who didn't make the cut, Andy, was uh, a man who I think a lot of people were cheering for there. Yeah, Northern Ireland's uh, native son, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy. Who, coming, coming into the uh, little stretch of majors here, was like the hottest golfer in the world. I never, ever root for him anymore after I couldn't win that driver thanks to him. Yeah, he just uh, completely choked. Just, I think... I think he had a triple bogey on his first hole or something. He shot up. Yeah, yeah he shot too. a plus. Uh, he shot an eight his first hole. Okay. So whether it was a, I want to say it was probably a par five then. Yeah. So he, yeah, he tripled the first hole. And I, I, it's one of those things where I really feel like could be a mental thing. Like maybe he went into that court, like that tournament thinking like I'm at home. I know this course, which I assume he does like yada, yada. And when you go out that first hole and you shoot that bad, I can only imagine what that does to your confidence. Like right away, you already know. I'm at least four strokes back. And then it's it, sometimes it's just a mental thing. And, you know, he just didn't have it. I mean, golf's one of those sports that it's it's tough, man. If you're struggling, you don't just sometimes you don't just find it on like the 10th, 11th hole and just you get it back. Like in basketball, you know, you can miss 10 shots in a row, but then all of a sudden you can get in a quick rhythm and it's good. You know, baseball, you could have a streak of a few games uh, and you don't do very well, but then all of a sudden you can get on a hot streak. But in golf, it's kind of like, it's not very easy. At the end of the day, you're swinging a little club at a tiny golf ball, and you're hitting it out to nature, and you're just hoping things work out. But uh, what I would like to talk about is the winner. Well, I think we do need to mention how David Duvall achieved that oh, go on, horrific man. score. He had a 14 on one hole itself. Which I've done before. Where he had <laughs> two balls hit out of bounds. God damn. And then a penalty. I think it was even two strokes. For hitting someone else's ball. Yeah, how do you do that? Fuck. First off, fire your caddy. Isn't that their goddamn job? Trust me, we know somebody that would do that. Yeah, but we're not <laughs> near my, pros. It's an amateur move. Yeah, I'm. I'm it honestly surprised that's not like a disqualification. Yeah, you. First off, also, unless it's just in the fairway, you have someone with a clipboard that says, "This is your boy." They always have the accent. They're never yeah. an American person. No. And then they wait till you get to that ball. So he literally hit this thing in the fairway, and it was someone else's. Goddamn Srixen ball or some shit. He's like, oh, damn. I mean, I don't even know what he would his... sound like, but. So I heard one of the reasons he. He was uh, sloshed. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons he, um, you know, kind of went away after winning 20 years ago. Cocaine. Is that he uh, has vertigo. So. He's a big U2 fans. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to. Uh, golf requires a lot of balance. If you have any balance issues, it's got to be hard to uh, keep the ball straight. <laughs> Imagine like Kramer with no, just being confused right whose ball is it. And that's interesting. Also, I want to say why he was allowed to play is winners get twenty years, I think, or maybe oh no, winners get to play until they're sixty. They don't have to qualify. And he's fifty nine and a half right so, now, Tony. John is Daly. It? I don't know. John Daly once won the tournament, I believe, in like ninety one or something, way back when. He's yet to be sixty. He was eligible <laughs> to play, but he needed, uh, you know, an exemption. He wanted to use a golf court. Go- golf-, <laughs> golf court. He wanted the whole court. Now, Duvall's only 47. Oh, Duvall's young. Yeah, so he had like health yeah, issues. he should still be in this. Kind of that's, that's, it's totally for Vertigo then. Well, John Daly, though, yeah, like Andy was trying to say, but, you know, these Budweiser's, like we said, are old. He uh, has uh, he wanted to use a golf cart. And I've actually seen John Daly live at a golf tournament before, the senior open that was out he here. He featured in, like, it on Tony's Take. That was him. Out here in Newport, and he does roll up in that golf cart with a McDonald's thing of what I imagine is Diet Coke and whiskey or something, and he's smoking cigarettes out in the fairway, and he is just something else to watch. It is pretty funny seeing it in person. Yeah. This man just does not give a fuck. He's 53. So we can still have him for a few more yeah, years, too. He's still if, for seven I more mean, years. how long do you think this guy can honestly live? Uh, I don't know. I, he looks like he, he's just he's this way long. too much time in the sun. He always, well, I think he goes to sleep with a cigarette. Yeah, but no one else looks like he looks like he's just like he falls asleep on the beach. He looks like that Matt McConaughey movie where he's like a homeless guy in Miami coming out this year. It already came out. But it already the came beach out. Beach bum one. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like that. We should go find that to rent. I forgot I probably, all about that. I would that like shit. to watch that. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think he plays it up a bit. 
I don't think he's nearly as much of a disaster as we think he is, but he definitely has his problems. But it's kind of like he's, you know, the, I mean, I guess the perfect comparison, he's the Happy Gilmore type. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's what, going yeah, for, for sure. Going for that. Um, but it's still hilarious that he would actually ask the open. Yes. But now that we've discussed all that, should we even get into the, the man that won? Yeah. I think it's the most important part. Actually. Shane Lowry. Who, uh, in relation to uh, Mike Lowry or uh, Kyle, or Kyle? There's Kyle. a lot of Lowrys out there. But uh, what's exciting about him is we talked about McElroy being an Ireland guy and didn't win, but Lowry also an Irish man. Yeah, he's a real Ireland guy. A real he's got one Ireland of these, man. Not one he's of these Northern four, Ireland guys. He's got four leprechauns at home. Okay, that's almost <laughs> Ringo Starr at the end. <laughs> and they all turned out to be the Beatles. <laughs> But uh, here's the thing I want to talk about really quick. So Lowry led most of it. They said he had an exceptional Saturday. I want to say they said he shot like 63 on Saturday. I, I don't know. but I, sounds... I think that's what I heard the other day. And he ended up winning. 15 under. Yeah, he, he ended Jesus. up winning by what, like six strokes or so? Yeah. And uh, what I want to say really quick is you look at the last two majors. The guy that won the last one, Woodland or whatever. He was like an 80 to 1 underdog. And then they just showed that somebody got Lowry at 105 to 1. And so, what I'm just getting at is with betting golf, like I don't bet it too often, but it's one of those sports where it's definitely, definitely worth finding one of those big underdogs. You know, find a 60 to 1. Find, don't be afraid to find a 60 to 1, a 71, an 80 to 1, because they do win. And then, obviously, yes, you got your 6 to 1s, your 10 to 1s, but it's like, with golf, it really is not worth the value to bet on like a six to one guy. The only guy right now that I would bet on, I would always throw a bet on Kepka. And then after Kepka, I would try to find like a guy that was like forty to one or beyond. Yeah, I always like those like forty to one. Yeah. Well, you're an odds guy. Yeah, yeah. Just cause like you know the favorites don't win in golf oh, all yeah. that often. So. Exactly. And the other thing too is like the favorites even start off at like eight to one. And it also seems like a lot of the best guys kind of seem like chokers right now yeah like no, jordan spieth is like dead i was just about to say jordan Justin spieth johnson is, chokes jordan spieth's nowhere was Justin spieth jeez jordan spieth's nowhere dustin johnson was he even in this tournament has he been in any other tournament i haven't seen I, dustin johnson's name in a long time now that you mentioned that. i feel like he did do well but i'm not sure okay well regardless yeah. though you look he, at the big he, names that when we think of the big names jordan spieth really nowhere dustin johnson not really rory mcelroy struggling Tiger Woods, yeah, he won the Masters, but I honestly think there's a good chance that's the last big tournament yeah. he wins. I really do think so. He had that great story. It was awesome to watch him win it. We all witnessed it. Most of us were happy, but I would be shocked if he wins another major anytime soon. Phil Mickelson, where's he been? Oh, well, he's old. Yeah, I know, but he's still like... Nobody wins after when you get that okay, old. Okay, then I'll, let me give it another one then. Ricky Fowler? Yeah, no, really he, was, he was up there. Um, but yeah, still like outside the top 10, I think he finished. So. And then after that, I really don't know. But the one guy who's one of those top golfer names that's always up there is Kepka. I really, he, he, I like pretty Kepka. Consistent. Uh, he is very consistent. That's what they were talking about. him. they say in all the majors this year, it's been, he's finished like second or third or fourth or whatever. Yeah. He's, he is consistent. And he actually came out the other day and had like a little quote that said like for the majors he practices before, but for all those other tournaments, He's like, I don't even practice. I just go out there, and what you see is who I am. So crazy. Which is funny because yeah. he's a very good golfer. I, in my opinion, I think he's the best right now, even well, though he, he didn't win. He's number one ranked. So. Yeah, as, and respectfully so, honestly, because it's about the consistency. Yeah, he maybe isn't winning these, but he's always up there. Like You can always count on seeing him on the leaderboard when you have your television on. Yeah, but, but with, mm-hmm. with Shane Lowry here, um, yeah, it is a nice story. That he's from here and a guy who has never won before. Um, I was looking up, like, has he been close before? I don't really remember. Um, but in the 2016 U.S. Open, he led for a big chunk of it. And I think he had a four-stroke lead hanging to the final day and lost to Justin Johnson. He had a stretch of, I think, four bogeys in a row in the back nine. So he kinda, it's kind of oh, yeah. kind of a not, a not a very well-known choke, but in a way it was a, a choke. At, yeah. at the time he had those four straight bogeys, he had already lost the lead, and this just put him like in an impossible situation. I think he still finished second though, but I don't even remember that Dustin Johnson even won. <laughs> I thought he's one of those guys who still hasn't won despite all his talent, but I guess he won one 2016 U.S. Open. Hmm. I can never remember that kind of stuff. Yeah, but yeah. it's also cool when a guy like this wins because 
He probably has a decent amount of money, but this is a huge difference in his life. $10.75 million. Is that what he won just that, for first place? That shows the purse. For this? Yeah. Wow. That's 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 not for first. Is that for everyone or first place? That's just what it says on this thing. It, it might be for everything. Yeah, I think that's got to be. Wait, what was it? 10 million? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Almost yeah, that's for everything, probably. Yeah. But it's still, it's like whatever he, he won there is more than he probably made in most seasons. Yeah. It's a good purse to be involved mm-hmm. in. Where it's like Tiger Woods wins. Who the fuck cares? He does get burn all that money. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see if I can. Almost 2 million. Oh, is that what he got? Yeah. Yeah. 1.9. Just saw. But second place even gets 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah. Kept, it just always reminds me of Happy Gilmore when he's like, uh, I want one of those big checks. Yeah, oh, no, we'll, big we'll, ones. We'll I don't mail, care. We'll mail it to you. What does the last place get? $2,400. <laughs> oh, either way, I'm coming out a winner. <laughs> oh, congrats right, to yeah. him. What else do we have on? Uh... Should we uh, move on to uh, some NFL talk? Yeah, National Football League. Oh, is that what that stands for? And it's right around the corner. The first it's preseason coming. game is August 1st on a Thursday. Atlanta Falcons. Denver Broncos. Is that it? I didn't even know, actually. No, it is. Yeah, I okay. actually was looking at it today. John Elway versus Chris, Chris Chandler. Chandler. Oh, my God. This is why we do the sports cast. Sports cast. Yeah. What if that was? That would be pretty cool. That was the Super Bowl, though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, if, if those two guys came out and started the game, it would be like 20 years ago. What was it like Terrell Davis versus the Dirty Bird, Jamal yeah. Anderson? Who was even the receivers then? I mean, I don't know. I know you had like. Well, I mean, Denver had it, Rod Smith, McCaffrey. So. That's what I thought. And then did Atlanta have know. like? Was it Terrence Mathis? I don't know who their guys were. That's so long ago. That was so long ago. That was honestly one of the first Super Bowls. I think actually, to be honest, the first Super Bowl that I actually remember watching, because I think that was like '97 or '98. Yeah, like '98 or '99. I had an uh, NJB game, and I had to miss the second half. But I think Denver had already. Yeah, so the Broncos defeated the Falcons 34-19, January 31st, 99. There you go. And that family guy aired right after. Is that that true? I believe it is true. John Elway was the MVP, obviously. The Broncos were favored by seven and a half points that game. That's a huge favorite for a Super Bowl. I I agree. The last few Super Bowls I've seen, the line has been anywhere between zero and like three. Yeah, We were robbed, though, because that was the year the Vikings choked. The Vikings were ridiculously good. You know who played at halftime for that? Gloria Estefan with Stevie Wonder. So it must have been in Miami. And Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, <laughs> which I feel like is, is Wrecking Ball's new nickname. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know who announced that game, huh, Andy? Dan Fouts. Pat Summerall and John Madden. Okay. Makes sense. You know how much I... Okay, I just... I Super enjoy these facts. facts. I'm on, like, Wikipedia... The cost of a 30-second commercial, how much do you think it cost? What year is it? 99. Uh, 5,000 American. I'm going to go 500,000. What's your guess? For real, I'm going to say 222,000. 1.6 million. Jesus Christ. The cost of a 30-second commercial. That's why only Coca-Cola and Budweiser (laughs) can do that shit. That's why those Budweiser commercials with the frogs and the horses went for so long. Because they're like... Damn. Yeah, no kidding. I'm making a commercial, and for that amount of money, it's going to air for four years. Candy, so it said the wide receiver. Terrence Mathis was one of the receivers, and Tony Martin, who I don't remember don't for shit. But I don't anyway. think I ever played like a Madden game from that year. They did so. have Ed McCaffrey, Shannon Sharp, Mark Slareth, who... Uh, yeah, loaded team. Mark Slareth is a... We see on TV now, yeah. but I think it was that deep ends. They had uh, Bill Romanowski. That's about all I know. But anyway, yes. Well, there's modern football to talk about. Yeah, there is. Sorry we uh, took you guys down memory lane there. Yeah, we wanted to talk about some uh, running backs potentially holding out. Melvin Gordon announced he he will if he doesn't get a new contract with the Chargers. And Ezekiel Elliott, I guess, is not even in the country right now. Okay. <laughs> so Ezekiel Elliott, I'd have my whole opinion on that, which uh, we can chat about if you'd like. Let's get some backstory here. All right, we will. Um, the running back market... It's a little strange because we just saw Todd Gurley get a huge extension and then be totally ineffective in the playoffs, potentially has a knee problem that will you know hamper him the rest of his career. Teams Before that, teams didn't really want to invest in running backs. And Le'Veon Bell you know, sat out a whole year, and he ended up getting not a very rich deal. And it's hard. I see why these guys want to get paid because they want to get paid now because their careers are usually over within 
the next five yeah. years for yeah i saw like it. some interesting stats say that i'll talk about in a minute that were interesting to me about like with all the with running backs and stuff like certain yeah so like as as a fan of the chargers i want gordon to stay on the team but i don't want them to give him give him like a five-year 50 million dollar deal mm-hmm. when that seems like you know nothing for like a defensive end it's just, it seems kind of unfair to them when they're big stars but it just might be the reality that they're better off getting more depth and then just running three second round picks is in the backfield so yeah no i agree but uh what was to say with elliot it's like so what would you do in this because i've heard a few different takes i've heard with elliot i've heard i've listened to some people that say Oh, you should keep him, yada yada. Like, give him what he wants. But I've also heard people like uh, Colin Coward, who's more of like a, he's more of a character type guy, old school. And in his eyes, he's like, if I'm the Cowboys, I get rid of him because Elliot has shown problems in the past of off field. He recently just got in trouble at that EDC in Las Vegas where he pushed a security guard. And if you watch the tape, I personally think the security guard flopped a little bit. But regardless, flop or not, he shouldn't have been in that situation to begin with. And then. You had like the incident he had with when he was suspended already to start the season a few years ago. And there was the whole thing at Ohio State when Ohio State lost a game to I think it was Michigan State or something. He got all pissed off saying he didn't get enough carries. And I think that's when he was like basically like I'm I'm out of here. So he's like he's an interesting guy. He's got some of his things going on. So it's kind of like, you know, it's Dallas has a big move to make there because it's like, do we want to keep this guy? I mean, he's a great running back. He's gonna be good wherever he goes. But uh, it goes into that whole, like, can you trust that he's not going to be an idiot off the field, though? But, yeah, that, that's really two things. There's the running back problem, and then there's the, you know, behavior problem, which the NFL still hasn't solved, and we'll talk about yeah. that a little later. It's a different story uh, okay. related to that. Um, but, yeah, for the Cowboys, they already gave uh, Cooper a big extension. Dak Prescott's going to want tons of money 30 million a yeah, year. yeah i've heard different things about prescott too like i feel like i've heard some people saying like is he worth like i mean you, you know you'll obviously see what happens this year but is he is that really the guy you want going forward maybe i mean you work something out and maybe something happens because this is coming into the nfl this next year is a very good class of quarterbacks you got the clemson quarterback Tua. the alabama quarterback the oregon quarterback i'm sure a couple other guys that i can't think of right off the top of my head but it's and now I'm not saying Dallas is going to end up in that situation because I was actually already had my thoughts of like what team I think the it's a little off topic for that for the running back stuff but that the Miami Dolphins I think I hate to say it but I know you're a UCLA guy but I Josh Rosen I think is in a rough spot because he's the Dolphins quarterback this year the Dolphins are not a good team and I think whether even if he has a good year the Dolphins I don't think are going to do well and it's going to lead to the Dolphins having like a top five pick maybe even like top three. And it's going to lead to them probably wanting one of those three quarterbacks. Yeah, I could see that. And then what happens to Rosen after that, you know? Well, Rosen could have like a uh, Nick Foles type career. Yeah. No, I agree. Like he kind of is the backup. Like I don't. Exactly. And that's the thing is when you're that young, like what is Josh Rosen? 22, 23? I mean, it's like there's so much future, even if, you know, he doesn't have a legit job at 25, 26. You know, it's like Nick Foles is a good story of that because now Nick Foles is, he won the Super Bowl. And now he's the starter for the Jaguars, which, you know, we'll see how they do. But, yeah. But let me ask you this. Do you think, I mean, you think with what Le'Veon Bell did last year is a big thing now with what these running backs are doing? Are they looking at that and saying, like, okay, he did, he held out. Granted, they didn't pay him. He didn't play. But, he, you know, now he's on the Jets getting paid, but he took a whole season off type thing. But it's it's really hard to try to – analyze this from like a realistic financial perspective for the players because you could say if Le'Veon Bell just took the 12 million or whatever he was gonna he could have yeah. got and ruined his body and couldn't play football again yeah it's like how much money would he lose but he'd still have 12 million on top of all the money he already has earned and, and so uh, well some players do blow it so oh I know and that but was the other so much money that yeah. was the other thing that Colin Coward was saying a long time ago I remember listening to this over a year ago and he was talking about that exact thing that you just said, how Le'Veon Bell, those three years, it was like he had like $12 million one year, like six, let's just say 50. Like it was over a span of like three years, he had like $30 million or whatever. And he's like, Le'Veon Bell's excuse was, hey, I want a longer contract because of security. And Colin Coward's sitting there saying security. 
Like you've made 25 million over the last two years. Like, and he's like, unless you're buying islands in the Hamptons, he's like, what do you mean security? Yeah. It's hard to feel bad for these it guys. Is. It really is. And, but I think it goes with what we were talking about a little bit off air is it's like a lot of these guys, they get more money. It doesn't mean like, Oh, we're going to save it. It's like, Oh, I have more money, which just means I'll spend more. And that's honestly, yeah, it is some of those guys. And- it is some of those guys lifestyles. Yeah. We talked about a player that has some financial difficulties going right now. A lot of, debt by trusting the wrong people and it's unfortunate because there are people out there that hate to say it but they'll take advantage of these guys's knowledge of certain things and use it to their own benefit and they make money off it and end up but then also it's like you should also yeah. just kind of know but uh, how to handle your money yeah back to to bell i don't know i think he did end up getting 30 billion guaranteed from the jets mm-hmm. so it was a good decision in that sense in that he knew if he stayed healthy throughout the year, he'd get something like that, which is more than the twelve million he would have got for one year. Yeah. So he's. So I don't know. Did he make the right decision? I feel like the Steelers made the right decision. I agree. And that they were able they to didn't have to pay him that money, James and Conner. then you have James Conner. I've, I mean, and I'm not saying this biasly. You know, we all. I'm a big. I'm a big Steelers fan. We all like. We know that. I mean, maybe some of these listeners do. And I've always been big. I'm about it is that the Steelers organization, what I've noticed from the last few years is it's always next man up when they have a running back go down or something that next guy always seems to come up with the receivers, especially like we I've watched it where there was Plaxico Burris, there was Heinz Ward. And then there was Santonio Holmes. And after Santonio Holmes, it was Mike Wallace. Then after Mike Wallace, we had Antonio Brown and Sanders after Antonio Brown, we already have Juju Smith. It's like, it's just how that organization is. And one of the big things about that organization that I remember hearing is that since like the 1970s or eighties, They've only had three head coaches. Like, mm-hmm. that's what the Raiders have had in the last, like, 13 days. I yeah. mean, the Oakland Raiders have had a streak where they had, like, what, like, 10 new coaches in, like, 12 years or 15 yeah, they years or something? Art Shell, who was, like, 95 years old at one point. Yeah, they, they, so that honestly shows you something about the franchise in general. Is it's like, it's a well coached, it's a well organized franchise that just, you know, they draft well. That's always been the one thing about the Steelers. So I think it did benefit them. James Connors was terrific last year. I think he'll have another good year. At least I hope so. But with the jets, it just doesn't seem like that's going to be a team that really everyone's going to go into there thinking like the only guy we need to stop is bell. I mean, Sam Darnold, I can already tell you that guy likes to party. I've seen him out twice mm-hmm. this year, you know, in the beach cities. So I can only imagine what being in New York is like for that guy. But regardless, he doesn't even have like the weapons really. And the other thing about Le'Veon Bell is it's like when you're on a bad – he's never been on a bad team. Like all the years he was on the Steelers, even though there was a couple years he didn't make the playoffs with the Steelers, they were never like horrible teams. Like the Jets are a team that have a great chance to win four games or five games potentially. And my thing with that is there's going to be times in the fourth quarter where you go into the fourth quarter and you're down 27 to 10. You're not going to be handing the ball off to Bell too often. You know, you're going to have to pass more, which means Bell – Ends in some of those games made with 12 carries for 48 yards or something and no touchdowns. And it's kind of like he's going to have to get used to some of those games. Yeah. I mean, that's just how the NFL is anyways now Yeah, so with running backs. Yeah, we were. So that, yeah, that's the other part of it is running backs just aren't, they're not doing the same as they used to. No. So why should they still get paid? <clears throat> and we were talking about that. I were off air earlier. I was listening to something that talked about how they did a little statistic thing of running backs over the last, like since like 2000, of how many running backs in the league had at least 10 games of 15 plus carries. And in 2000, it was like 16 or 18 running backs. And then in like jumping forward in like 2010, it was like 10. And then in 2015, it was like eight, 2017, it was four. And last year there was, I don't know which running back it was, but there was only one running back last year that had at least 15 plus carries for 10 games. And it, it, they were talking about how a lot of the running backs that are the big successful ones now are the ones that also receive. You're looking at your Christian McCaffrey's, your Alvin Kamara's, you know. Well, even the really good one, like the ones you don't think of as receiving backs, contribute a lot. Like yeah. Saquon Barkley was amazing last year in the yeah. receiving game. Melvin Gordon, I think most of his value comes from receiving. Mm-hmm. And his yards per carry has always been pretty low. And what they were talking about, too, with the receiving is the thing is, is more teams are throwing now because of the rule changes, how – Basically, it's very like uh, what you can do to a quarterback, you know. So a lot of teams are throwing more because it's kind of like, hey, you can throw with the risk of, oh, if you hit our quarterback the wrong way, that's 15 yards. 
And then like the rules with the wide receivers, like when you can touch them, when you can't and stuff like that. And it's just, it's making teams throw more because they have like that benefit of possible penalties being called. But what'll be interesting this year with that said is this is the first year that I think uh, we're going to be able to see where you can actually challenge pass interference. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to go. I don't either. And I don't know how much I, I've always said, I think pass interference in the NFL should just be how it is in college. Just make it a 15 yard penalty. Cause I've never been a fan unless I'm betting on that team of somebody being able to throw the ball 60 yards downfield. There's a little bit of contact and now that's where the ball is. All of a sudden the ball's at the 10 yard line. When it's a big penalty, it is big. It it could be a 60 yard penalty. Yeah. Well, should we uh, move on to uh, some? No, no, we shouldn't. Oh, elsewhere in the NFL. Oh, let's never leave the NFL. Um, It was announced Tyreek Hill will not be suspended Uh, for whatever happened or didn't happen involving his son. Look, everybody in the NFL probably did something awful. Okay, well, at one point, you're speaking without the context of this. This might. I don't even need to know the context. You know, but he beat his kid up, throw him out a window. Yeah, you're saying that so like you're taking it so lightly. (laughs) It's a serious issue. Is that what he did? No, he like his, I, there his was rumors kid had a he like arm. broke his kid's arm or something. And He's like, what? How old? Five, three? I think under five. Basically. Oh, what, I think I did hear that. So yeah. one of the problems, and this is all speculation, they think is that it's one of those cases where they can't prove that it was him or his wife, so they can't charge any either one. That there's not enough. They're not going to tell on each other, and they're like, how does this kid have a broken arm? We don't believe that it was he fell, but. Just this put is, a nanny cam in their house. Well, he's still for a future. private citizen, so no. the pro- The problem is that the NFL has stepped in and disciplined players who haven't been, you know, caught by the cops. They have a different standard of proof. You know, Tom Brady didn't break any laws, and they suspended him. He pulled his kid off okay, a cliff. That's a different thing. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying it's funny. Bring him up. Yeah, but there's other issues. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was suspended without facing any charges, I believe. That there's no criminal case made of that. Yeah. Um, so the NFL has a precedent of just be like, okay, something happened, so we're still going to suspend you. They're not doing anything here. I don't think they just don't know what they're doing. If they if they make a decision and suspended him, they would be criticized. If they do nothing, they're going to be criticized. And now we're just in this weird position where Tyreek Hill is going to, you know, go in the first couple rounds of fantasy. Yeah. And then you're going to feel guilty because he's probably a terrible person. Yeah, but then we also and, don't and, know for sure. Maybe he's and if changed. I'm not mistaken, I thought he's had like before in the past that I could have sworn there was things with him. Yeah, like so, his, like he had something in college, right? Yeah. Well, the reason he was uh, only like a fifth round pick, despite like being a great sprinter, yeah, was because he was charged for um, hitting his girlfriend while she was pregnant. The kid that he now may have beat, while well, he that kid was not born yet. Lock him up. Um, so he actually made you know a plea deal which i'm i'm not against you know the criminal justice system working that way we're giving people second chances that kind of stuff um, but that's the reason he fell so far in the draft because there was there's always the uh concern that they're gonna do something again and i don't know this is also the team that cut a player after the video cream hunt the video of and cream so that's hunt. always the thing is it's like we can hear about it but it's nothing like the visual effect has nothing compared to like the hearing of something, you know? So it's like with Kareem Hunt, what what could you do? There was video evidence that was all over the news, the internet of him kicking this girl while she was down and stuff. And it's like, at that point, it's like, hey, like we can't do anything. We can't keep you, especially this day and age. This day and age yeah. more than anything. Yeah. But what, what <clears throat> Tyreek Hill may have done is way worse, in my opinion, than what Oh, Hunt did do. Yeah. And that's where it gets into a gray area. Well, here's my thing. If, if it's on, if there was a video footage, if there was ever footage that somehow leaked, like Sean said, if there was like a nanny cam or something and you saw him beating the shit out of a three, four year old kid, then, oh yeah, absolutely. Like this kid's, yeah. this guy's not only going to not be off the Chiefs, he's never going to play another down again. Well, yeah. And this kid's going to be gone. And, if he yeah. did this, you know, before the kid was born and he did it again when this kid's three or four. He's going to do it again, well, assuming he's but, actually doing these things, well, and then the that's where is, you give him the axe. Then there's people that are claiming that it's the girlfriend's the crazy one, and that she's making a lot of this hey, shit up. I'm sure which, both of them are nuts. They oh, find, yeah. That kind of stuff finds each other. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I don't think anyone's innocent in that situation. I bet they're both guilty partners, and you know, we'll see. But, I mean, and a lot of like these new 
sports coming up, like this upcoming NFL season, then obviously the upcoming NBA season. I'm honestly excited, very excited for both. I think there's this one year with a lot of these sports, there's a lot of, I feel like, new faces and new places, and it's it's exciting. Well, Zion just signed with uh, Jordan. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, they made a little uh, meme today of that game where Jordan had, like, the fever, and he's like, some, I think it's Scottie Pippen or someone holding him, and they photoshopped out Pippen and put in uh, Zion holding him. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying Zion will be on the Hornets at some point? Yeah. He might I mean, even own is, a team. I mean, he is from South Carolina. That's actually okay, hometown a little team. good conspiracy. Speaking of little conspiracies conspiracy. like that, I saw one today that Sean and I will like. So the Lakers signed uh, Giannis's younger brother, oh, yeah. Kostas. I like Kostas or whatever. Yeah. I should know this. I'm Greek. Kostas. And uh, and he uh, was uh, there was like rumors saying that uh, maybe this is kind of their way of trying to recruit Giannis in twenty twenty one when he's a free agent to let him come play with his younger brother. Uh, yeah, didn't the, oh. the Bucks get the other brother or something too? I, I don't know how many brothers. Wait, how many bro- yeah, I thought they just took him from the Bucks. He has an older. Okay, there's he an older like one and brothers. a younger one. The younger one though is on the Lakers, I think. Okay. okay. And that's the one that he, I think, said. He keeps getting passed around. He thinks could be better than him. And I don't know if he's just saying that to hype <laughs> no, him up for a team shit. to sign him. But honestly, if there's a brother out there that is better than Giannis, that is horrifying. <laughs> it's like what the Ball Brothers want to be. Oh, uh, the Ball Brothers. Yeah, they can do <laughs> that like in the rec league streets. So you're saying get LaMelo now and Lonzo will come. Nope. I'm showing Andy really yeah. quick the photo. It Show is good. Dobby now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't understand it earlier. I thought they were just having a slow day. But now that <laughs> oh. I see he signs with Jordan. Should we sense. actually talk about a sport that's actually still going on? There's a season yes. that we're in. What yeah. season is that other than summer? It's called a uh, baseball season. Oh. And baseball. Um, as promised, we're going to continue our series of reviewing the season so far. Today we'll be discussing the NL Central so are you ready for this? I am. NL Central is one of the most competitive divisions this year. It is. It's very close. I would say it's the most competitive division. It has to be. Yeah, the Cubs absolutely. are in first place currently, 54 and 46. They started out pretty well. They've kind of tailed off here. Um, they've got a big bounce back season from Chris Bryant. And Jason Hayward's played better than he yeah. has in a very, very long Maybe time. Maybe arguably his like first season. Um, Cole Hamels has actually been. I also really like, uh, what's his face? Kyle. Uh, Schwarber? No, the pitcher. Hendricks. Oh, yeah. Hendricks. Is I'm a big season? Hendricks fan. He's like, it reminds me kind of a modern day Greg Maddox. He doesn't throw it fast, but he gets, he mows through games. He'll get his strikeouts. He doesn't walk and he gets guys out and like, he he can go a complete game in like 90 pitches. Yeah. I think he did something like that earlier this year that was like, hadn't happened in a long time. They've also had a good season with Cole Hamels, which I thought when they got him last year, that was kind of a useless move, but. Okay. Um, the other. Pitcher they acquired last year, you Darvish has still not put it together. Yeah, the Houston Astros. Just Ever since that him. gambling rink happened, he has just not been the same. Yeah. In second place, we have the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, with them, they've uh, we were pretty high on them. I th- or I think I was yeah, high they, on them. They made some good moves in the off season. Paul Goldschmidt. How's Goldschmidt even doing? Goldschmidt's not been good. Yeah, he was not an All Star this year. Not an All Star, about a league average hitter, which you can't. Yeah. You're not supposed to get out of a first baseman. It's sad um, when you see. Those guys leave teams and they're just not the same hitter. It could be just a bad year. It happens in baseball all the time. Oh, absolutely. Just a couple things don't go your way. A couple, you know, long fly balls don't get out of the park. I don't know. But I agree. Uh, Paul De- DeJong, their shortstop, has been really good. He's developed into a reliable player. He was an all-star this year. Uh, but on their pitching staff, they really don't have... They don't have that ace. Miles Mikolas, I think, made the all-star team last year. It hasn't been all that good. Yeah. And um, remember how Michael Walker was going to be, like, great? He had that amazing like first rookie half year he's just he's bad now he's in the <laughs> bullpen he's just it might be over for him it's kind of strange um in third place the brewers right behind the cardinals 53 and 49 so i was just gonna say when we talk about the brewers can we agree the brewers are having like a disappointing season for what we like for what what fans would have expected for them yeah expected for them <laughs> that was joe right there yeah um their their rotation was such a weakness that wasn't it's not that surprising, but one of the uh, dis- really disappointing things is uh, Lorenzo Cain. He was one of the best players in the NL. I last can year. go even a little more disappointing. I think hey, your boy Jesus, Jesus Aguilar. 
Yeah. Had a monster year last year. This year, at one point, he was sent down, I believe, right? This year? I think at Probably. one point, he was he's sent a, down for a little bit. He's a big first baseman type and is and not then hitting at all. Ryan Braun, is, how often is, is he always in the line? Like, I don't even know. I have not followed Ryan the Brewers Braun in a while. Just, he's been like an average player yeah, for many years now. Yeah, ever since like the Prince Fielder left. Yeah, but as far as the good goes, Yelich is repeated. Yelich is carrying that team. If, if Christian Yelich didn't exist, well, how many wins would they have this year? Yeah, 40? It's, it's, it's crazy how he just is like skyrocketed. He, he's even better than his MVP last oh, yeah. season from last year. And it's scary, too, because you look at someone like your boy, Cody Bellinger, who's having an MVP season, then you look at Yelich, and it's almost like, yeah, who do you give it to? Also... Yasmani Grandal, who they got this offseason. He's had a, he's actually helping he's, a lot, he's too. He's been really good, but he always and has a great first half. Who's that uh, like Japanese guy or whoever they have? Hiwara or something? I don't know. He's on there. <laughs> the other uh, you know, big star for them this season has been your Greek boy, Mike Moustakis. Yeah, he's having second. a big year. He was an all-star. So they were, that was kind of like just a late season move last year, getting him, and it's worked out. Um, on the pitching side, that Brandon Woodruff is become the ace of that rotation he was in, pitching out of the bullpen a lot last year but he's really taken over and then josh hader has been oh yeah really good again josh hader's josh hader he's yeah. one of the best pitchers best bullpen guys out there but uh, moving on to fourth place pittsburgh pirates 46 and 53 this is where we're getting at teams that don't have a chance so i want to cardinals and brewers are in the wild card or in wanna, the division hunt too but. well what's crazy though is okay actually i guess yeah they are seven back of them but really quick about the pirates i saw something yesterday about they have had a star this year, Josh Bell, Josh who happens Bell, to lead a, the league in RBIs. Just a big home, but home run hitter. What I noted, but what they showed about him was since the All Star break, I saw this yesterday. He was he's like four for twenty nine with no mm-hmm. home runs, batting like one forty three or something since the All Star break. And remember, he was in the home run derby. And that there's always those been things. those things about some players really do struggle in the second half to start after they've been in the home run derby. So it's kind of, kind of, you know, he didn't last long in the home run derby. He only lasted around, but still, he's uh, struggled since then, and that's obviously why the Pirates are sinking a little bit. Because I, I want to say they were like, around the All-Star break, they were like at least in the wild card hunt. Yeah, they're hovering. In- I mean, they're still not out of it, like being yeah. only like seven games back or so. But like, Where were the Rockies at this point last year? I don't know. Like it seems like there's always room for teams to kind of jump up. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the, the Rockies. Well, card. what I always think of too is like 2010 or 11 when the Padres were dominating when they had Matt Latos, and they were were yeah. they were dominating, and then they had that horrendous August, and not only didn't win the division, what it looked like they were going to, they didn't even make the playoffs, and that was I think before the whole two wild card teams also, but I'm not quite sure if that would have made a difference that year. Yeah. On the pitching side, they do have one star, Felipe Vasquez, their closer. Okay. Who I think is a, uh, is he prime a trade candidate. Tra- tried all tra- right. So, wow, I can't say. Yeah. A prime well, we all trade candidate. Okay. And then, uh, in last place, the Reds, 45 and 53. But surprising about the Reds, I know you wanted to go into a little detail, but really quickly about the Reds, what's interesting is they're in last place, but they have a top five bullpen this year, which is pretty remarkable for a team to be that bad and have a good bullpen. So there's been a lot of things saying, are they going to be big sellers at the trade deadline? Because there's going to be teams out there like Washington, maybe even the Dodgers, that Red Sox, whose bullpens haven't been what they wanted them to be this year, especially the Nationals, that are going to look to try to find one of those guys. Like I imagine that Amir Garrett guy has to be someone that people are going to want. He's been he's the big lefty that's kind of like a role as Chapman that people I imagine are going to want, but I'm not sure if the... Reds are going to want to let him go. I'm just kind of speculating here. I think you should always trade your bullpen guys because they're so inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, you see with uh, Edwin Diaz this year. That yeah. it was incredible for the Mariners. Frankie Rodriguez was a good example of that, too. He had, he had a good... He had a few good years, but, it's stretch, at the, uh, but it goes yeah, to a point where then you're not very good. I'm just talking about guys like yeah, Diaz that are like one-year wonders almost. Like, it's guys like Mariano Rivera that it's like they were consistent, always, you know, yeah, dominant closers. So what I got here for the Reds, Puig had a really miserable start. He's their new guy. They got yeah. him this offseason. But I think he's up to like 20-something home runs now. Yeah. It, Strong perfect guy. for that ballpark. Uh, their best player has actually been Derek Dietrich, who is I actually love, just, I am a big Derek Dietrich He was fan. just cut. The Marlins just cut him. I, I honestly a big. I, so one of the first games on opening day, I bet on a Reds game. I did a live bet on the over in like the second inning. 
when it was zero zero and it ended up coming down. It started off at eight and a half and it went down to like six and a half. And then all of a sudden it was like two zero in the seventh. And I'm like, God damn it. And then it was like two to one in the bottom of the seventh. And Derek Dietrich comes up and hits like a pinch hit three run home run. Ends up being a few more runs. I win that bet. But I remember when Dietrich hit it, I was always like, I love this guy. You're a fan for life. Now. Like even before, no, but even like when he was on the Marlins, I was like, he's a built guy. And he he's a strong guy. And I mean, it's good to see him doing well. Yeah. Somebody's Especially doing. because uh what's his name is missed like the entire season pretty much. I know he's back now, but Scooter, Scooter Jeanette. Yeah. He didn't and who even knows if he'll ever even Well he come was at back least a two form. season wonder. He had a couple really good years. Yeah. Well he had that four home run game. Yeah. I almost want to say he was the last guy to hit four home runs in a game. I don't know. I don't either. What I do know is that the face of the franchise with the Reds is uh on the decline. Joey Votto, who's just you know been consistent on base percentage machine for seemingly like 15 years yeah is really starting to decline here and um you know as a first baseman if you're not if you're not hitting well you really shouldn't even be playing so i don't know how much longer he's got for them i don't think i think he's only like 35 which is just the decline comes quick and that's something i do want to talk about but one last thing for the reds yeah, they Joey also Votto is 35 They've got a really good uh, tandem at the top of the rotation, Luis Castillo, and then surprisingly Sonny Gray. The Yankees fans must yeah. be pissed because Sonny Gray was horrible for them and was like just a joke. But now he's uh, in a different situation and he's pitching well. Well, and he also was very good, like an ace on those Oakland A's teams when he was first yeah. getting into it. So it it's crazy because especially with pitching, as we see the both ends of it, we see guys that aren't very good to start. And then they become very good. Jake Arrieta, I think, was one of the best examples of that. When he was on Baltimore, he was awful. And then he went to the, the – where did he go? To the Cubs or whatever? Yeah. And was doing really well and then, you know, ends up on Phillies now and he's kind of so-so. And then you see other guys that are very good pitchers and then all of a sudden they just get hit around. There was two pitchers this year that were very good last year that got sent down to the minors this year. Kyle Freeland from Colorado – and then there was one other that I can't think of. Um, Fultonavich or something? Yeah, from the Braves. Yeah, Fultonavich also got sent down, who was very good last year. So it just goes to show that it's like shit happens. Yeah, the young guys. Especially in pitching. And then also with one thing about pitching is I think a lot of these guys, they want to be out there. They want to compete because they obviously want to help their team. They want to make their money. And at the end of the day, no one knows how you're feeling except for you. And I think a lot of these guys hide injuries, you know, like their shoulders – could be hurting because at the end of the day, it's like the certain pitches you're throwing and how many pitches you're throwing and how fast you're throwing. It's not very good for your shoulders, you know, your arms. So I think a lot of these guys kind of hide some injuries. That's why a lot of times, especially late in the season, you'll see a pitcher maybe struggle for a couple starts. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's on the seven-day IL or whatever. And then I think that's a lot of times just to give them a rest. And then that way they can say they're on the injured list so somebody can bring someone else up. Well, going back to Joey Votto. I was saying about how it seems like he's he's done. It's strange because that kind of player, you know, ten years ago, twenty years ago, it seems like those guys would play till they're forty and be contributors. Um, they're just, you know, some of the guys I thought of Edgar Martinez, you know, Jim Tomei, Carlos Delgado. It's like those guys would play till they're forty and just be. They'd go from first base to DH. Yeah, and some of those types of guys that we have now just aren't aging well. I said, Adrian Gonzalez is already out of the league. I don't think he's even, he's 35, 36 or something. He was a great hitter in his prime oh, with yeah. Padres. And that was on a bad team too. Yeah. But some of the other big ones, Albert Pujols. Yeah. Such an incredible right. hitter. It seemed like that's a guy who, like, you <clears> know, <throat> or David Ortiz is the most recent example of a guy who was just good forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, it wasn't, no, he wasn't the same player at 40 as he was at 32, but he was still a really positive contributor. But like Pujols, his whole Angels career has just been just way worse. Oh, yeah. It's so, bad. so Pujols, even with this. And we've all had a front row seat at it because Angels are on TV everywhere we go. Yeah. So even with Pujols' Angels career, he's still, his whole career, he's opiate or weighted on base average is 390. This year, he's at 311. Yeah. So that's kind of like replicating on base percentage. Huge drop. Joey Votto was a career 400 this year at 320. And then Miguel Cabrera, career 396, this year 314. Yeah. So, I mean, if you went back, if you told me like seven years ago, Miguel Cabrera 
Albert Pools will just age horribly. You wouldn't believe it after you see those type of guys just continue to hit well in, into their 30s, and it just it doesn't seem to be happening anymore. Yeah, There are some guys out there that are still Why, doing it. Nelson do you, Cruz. Do you think there's any specific reason for that? I'm wondering if... I mean, is it the way... I? So here's what I'm thinking maybe a little bit possibly... I remember Jason Worth had the big quote, and you'll take this offensively, Andy, being a smart analytic guy, that he okay. said, the nerds are ruining baseball because of how the analytics are coming in. Guys like yourself that are very intelligent, especially when it comes to like numbers and stuff and percentages and know how to like shift certain things. And uh, I have a buddy of mine that's also the same way. And it's, you know, they've got all these analytic guys that are shifting guys certain ways when guys are up like you see some right-handed batters bat and there's not even one person on the right side of the infield other than the first baseman and it's like i almost wonder if is, it, is that what's starting to decline some of these guys that they're figuring it out and some of these guys can't figure it out yeah i wonder if it's part of it is just yeah when they I, hit like ground said, balls yeah, now I, they never i don't think it's the full reason but i think it definitely has a slight yeah. thing to do with it possibly but uh, no, it's crazy. I mean, it's like, uh, and here's my thing. It's like, you know, Jason Worth has that quote, but it's like, just be better then. Hit it where they're not. Or Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it is. I think people are just, the training is better. Yeah. So that it's harder to compete now at age 35 versus yeah. a 25-year-old than it I mean, was the 20 years ago. deeper too, I think, too, because it's like, they were already showing, like, last year they broke the home run record for most home runs a season. On this year, I think they're on pace to, like, shatter it. Yeah, and they're breaking strike rec- strike strikeout records. The pitchers are throwing harder, the yeah. more movement. It's just like so I think the competition that Albert Pujols was playing against 10 years ago doesn't compare yeah. to what Mike Trout is going against today. Yeah. It's just like so it's a different level of player. Also, I saw just really quickly, I saw I heard a quote, I think it was from Alex Bregman or something that talked about how like he says batting average doesn't matter anymore like it used to. Like people aren't impressed if someone ends up batting like 350. You know, they're more impressed with someone who bats like 280 and hits 38 home runs or something like that. Now, and because they were talking about Jeff McNeil, who leads the league in average with 339, and just talked about how like some people say that's not as important anymore. But I'm not sure how I feel about it because I still think it's very impressive for someone. If someone were to go out and bat like 360, I think that's more impressive than someone hitting 35 home runs, 40 home runs even. Yeah, I, I think where batting average got in trouble is where we, we kind of had this line of like, well, 300 is good. Yeah. And below 300 isn't as good. Yeah. And so I think you had guys like Juan Pierre who would be like, they'd hit like 308, but Juan Pierre hit only Four singles. home runs. Yeah. Yeah. And just wasn't a ton of value in that versus a guy like you know, like a Jock Peterson who hits 220. And that's what they were saying. They literally Jock said Peterson after that, walks. they're like, they'd rather have a guy that hits 220 and hits 35 home runs. And, you know, that's coming from Bregman, who's a great hitter. And I don't know if that's him saying, because I don't know if Bregman's batting this year, but I feel like it's under 300. So I don't know if that's just him kind of being like, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter because I have like 25 home runs. I'm going to probably knock out about 40 this year or close to 40, maybe like 36, 37. And bat two. 77 or something but uh but yeah, I mean, you'll no, take 350 any day because 350 oh, yeah. on base percentage but what i was saying itself. too is like let's see somebody i who knows if it'll ever happen again you can never say never but let's see someone flirt with 400 and then we'll see how much batting average means again because i guarantee you if there was someone ever batting around 400 late in the season like in summer you would hear some talks about it so i think the reason why that might not be valuable is that to probably get it to where you hit 400 you're probably hitting very few fly balls so you probably have to change your batting approach so much to try to avoid fly balls that you're just not hitting any home runs anymore. yeah well, uh, yeah i agree i so mean you, i don't there's think like, there is a trade-off where it's like if you can do what yelich and bellinger are doing where you hit well into the 300s but also with power but i think once you're getting up to that to get that yeah high no. of an average you have to sacrifice a ton of power i don't remember who the last guy was that hit like who even hit like over like three has anyone hit? I mean, like Ichiro must have been up there at some point. recently. LeMahieu, I think that one year with the Rockies, but that was like doesn't matter. It's the Rockies. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, and that was the thing. That's why I'm happy about LeMahieu this year because a lot of people were saying how uh, how it's like, oh, he's always in Colorado, but it's like he is he leading the American League again this year. I think he was. No, he is right now. He's sure. betting three. So here it is. So he's betting three thirty-eight. Yeah. McNeil's betting 339. The highest that I see over the last few years is in uh, 
2008, Chipper Jones batted 364. Another guy that aged well. Okay, hold on. I'm wrong. 2009, Joe Maurer batted 365. Yeah, I do remember him. They, they, he was one okay. of the guys they thought might hit four. So here's Ichiro. In uh, where was it? Right here. In 2004, Ichiro batted 372. Okay, that's got to be the highest. Well, in Tony 2000, Gwynn, no more batted 372. Okay. Tony Gwynn was 394, I think. One okay, year. here's another one in 2000. Okay. 1999, Larry Walker batted 379, Colorado. And then the next year, Todd Helton batted 372. Tony Gwynn, 94, Andy. This is going to be the closest we have to it. 394. That's what I said. Did you? Yeah. Andy, know your stuff. I'm really quickly, what I'm impressed by, though, 2004, Barry Bonds, 362. But, I mean, was that with the 600 walks, though? Yeah, those years were insane. You you can't even compare them to, like, actual real baseball anymore. Like, when they – you see, like, Mike Trout, how good Mike Trout has been the last seven years. Compare it to those – that Bonds years. So, that year I just joked about, 2004, where he batted 362. He hit 45 home runs, 101 RBIs. How many walks do you think he had that year? Like, a real guess. 150 or something. 232. (laughs) I think he approached, like, a 500 on-base percentage, if not more. So, that means – you want to know what his yeah. on base percentage was? Half the time he got on base. What, in some what, way. what do you think his on base percentage was? Was it over 500? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 532. 60. 600. 609. So 60% of the time. Six out of t- We can almost times. call that 61% of the time, yeah. right? Like over. That's insane. And that was his best on base percentage year. Yeah. And so, like, for context, I'm going to say, like, the guy leading right now this year is probably like 420. And I don't mean a, in like a the usual way you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just happened to be the number that what popped in my head. Like, what's Mike Trout? Mike Trout's got to be number yeah, one. Right now. I have it right Mike here. Mike Trout's got to be number one. And I, I imagine it is Mike Trout. So on base percentage, Mike Trout forty four. Okay. And yeah, that's insane. How four forty eight? So it's insane how much different that is from Barry Bonds. Yeah. Like insane. But anyway. Well, this we, has we, been Barry Bonds. Yeah, we went on a good spiel with baseball there. I mean, yeah, it is Chris baseball Chandler season. and Barry Bonds we and are, Barry Walker. We are. Referenced. Yeah, Todd Helton got in there. Joe Maurer, I feel like we haven't talked about in a while. but I can say this podcast has never mentioned the name Chris Chandler before. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> so it's a first. All right. Well, that was a, a review and a half. I uh, went through my Twitter feed and everything else a couple times. Do we have an older players aging poorly issue, or is it just me? <laughs> Wait, what? Andy, like that. What did you say? Older. Do you want to talk about that? I mean, I was thinking about it. Okay, well, we already did. Oh. Well, see, I really wasn't listening. I thought you really got caught up in your review. We are talking about Todd Helton. <laughs> I don't know these goddamn people. There's a billion Dominicans and otherwise. Yeah, Todd Helton, Dominican <laughs> hero. Well, then is it going to wrap us up on sports? Larry uh, Walker was a Canadian. Okay, I, I think that is. If that, was that the last thing we had? That's all yeah. I oh, have. Oh, then yeah, that's going to definitely wrap us up. We uh, got in some good spiels with baseball, I think. You know, whenever I'm looking up Barry Bonds' on-base percentage, I know we're in a... The people want to know. They did want to know. I mean, it honestly is crazy, though, when you really do look at how those stats were 15 years ago compared to nine uh, to, to nine to now. It really is insane. I concur. All right. Well, that'll pretty much wrap it up for the sports podcast. You've been listening to episode 125 of the Tony's take podcast. I'm Sean joined with me. We have off road. I hold my phone, Andy. See ya. And Tony Katz. Yes. Goodbye. We'll see you later. <laughs>